This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 125 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss snaffle bits and bit fitting with Beth Haste from the horse, of course. The breed of the show is the miniature donkey. Critter Nutrition focuses on quercetin, the super bioflavonoid. In Coffee Clatch, we share why you should go to a horse show without your horse. Listen in. I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. And I'm the circus ringleader around here. <laughs> this little show. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. Everybody's a little bit amped up because we know Beth is gonna be here. And Beth is just yes. Beth has a new nickname. What is it? What is it, uh, Patty? Nugget. She's nugget. the nugget. She's nugget. Yeah. She, she's she, always she's the, the, the nugget of wisdom. The, Nugget of wisdom about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she really is fascinating to and listen I, to. Yeah, we could do a full show on just that, like, because she there's just not enough you can get in in a short period of time. She's just a, a amazingly uh, knowledgeable and has worked with the bit companies and just you know she knows she knows what she's talking. She's helped so many of my clients. Um, so she, you definitely need to listen in for that. Cool. Yeah, she's the bit guru. The bit guru. Yeah, and yeah. And, and she's. I like I love listening to Beth and chatting with Beth because she is very knowledgeable but so many people when they get to a certain point they forget how little the rest of us know and they kind of talk right. over your head. Yep. <laughs> she keeps yeah. it real. <laughs> yes, she does. So I actually understand what she's saying. <laughs> But uh, we 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 got to keep things rolling because we have a a whiz bang jam packed show today. And Patty had a topic yeah. she wanted to bring up on this oh, first just... show of twenty twenty one. I have a it's a flat out question. Doesn't need to be that big of a discussion. And I just want to know who stayed up past twelve o'clock for New Year's. <laughs> who did it? Who was up? I'm gonna guess. Can I guess? Guess. Okay, well, let's all go around and guess, but not not tell the tell. Okay, okay. Tigger, um, did, were you up? Nope. <laughs> Jen. Nope. Well, here I have a caveat. I wasn't. I didn't stay up until midnight, but I got up at midnight to take the dog out and then went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that does, does that count? half count. <laughs> okay. Do I get half credit? <laughs> yes. I think you do. I, I, I think that everybody's going to be shocked that I, I actually, I was up. Why? I am I was, shocked. I was, tr- and I'm not sure what was going on, but I brought in 2021 and I, I, I was up to like 12 and then I was down and it was like, I was trying to stay up, but I was in Virginia. I was visiting my daughter and my son-in-law and, um, we had, you know, had a great dinner and everybody had like gone, actually gone to bed, like literally everybody else in the house stayed up, but I was up. So I just, 
thought it was worth mentioning because normally I like, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm in bed by, you know, eight thirty five is a really late night for me. <laughs> so, so you're, me are you setting the fun. tone for 2021 by staying up? I, you know, I'm looking at 840, 845. I'm thinking that may be it. <laughs> well, we better keep things moving then, Tigger. It's getting late. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. I just wanted people to know that I actually stayed up. And I'm telling you, anybody that knows me, are going to be like, nah, she's lying. But it's true. I did. <laughs> you stayed I, I just would like to point out that even though I didn't make it to midnight and I had no intention of doing so, I continued my annual tradition of writing my last, writing in my journal for the last day of the year and then starting a new journal on January 1. That's such a cool tradition. I love it. Thanks. Now, do you, do you have a, you have a paper journal, right? You write in? Oh, yes. Do you get the fancy leather leather bound kind or is it just a quickie notebook? Yes. Tell me all about it. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. beautiful green and it's embossed. And it's lined because I, I need the lines to stay in them yeah. somewhat. And I have so many of these journals over years in my safe deposit box. Isn't that cool? That's, I love that. that is and I, I just cool. keep imagining that, you know, maybe they'll be donated to Smithsonian. <laughs> and somebody will, you know, want to know what it was like to be a a uh, 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 early 21st century, latter 20th century person, American, um, and you know what it was like, and that's brilliant. What, I love what it. we lived through, and yeah. well, how mad and, I was. Yeah, stuff. And hi- history. History is told by the media in this day yeah. and age. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. probably mm-hmm. really, history has been told by but, the media but throughout all the time. time but, it's been yeah. oral and journals and letters. Yeah. yeah so cool. I just wanted to keep that alive. Well, and, and like you said, it's a regular person versus someone who is an outsider reporting on somebody else, a reporter, right. you know, or someone who is professionally hired to record or you someone know, I, who has a stake in it. You're just a regular right. old person. <laughs> yeah, just a regular old person. And I, I told my sister several years ago about the safe deposit box and all these journals. And she said, have you read, have you gone back and read any of them? I said, no, I'm afraid to. Well, that would be fascinating. Yeah. I think that would be fascinating to go back and read them. Oh, I don't know So, So here, here, here you go, everybody. Make 2021 the year you record at least a little bit of your life, whether it Journaling is, is so, yeah, it, that's it, what a great idea. It's like meditation, but it isn't. And it's a way to release, you know, your, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your, your pain. Um, and when, when you, when you write it out, it, it's a release and you're not yeah. carrying it like baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, I, I think is for, really healthy. Yeah. For me, the joy of journaling, keeping a diary, if you will, is it's completely yours. Yeah. I know mine, there are not a lot of complete sentences. There are a lot of doodles. Um, How interesting. There are haikus that were haikus just oh, because wow. I couldn't come up with cool. all the words. You know, and just whatever popped out of my brain and into my fingertips was there. 
And oh, that's very cool. For the very reason that you stated that it, if it gets it out of your brain and onto a piece of paper through yeah. mm-hmm. cursive, for, through writing versus typing, because from my point of view, it's a different experience. Yes. Um, it, it does change how that nugget, we're going to use nuggets is, is the word of the day. Uh, it does change how that nugget affects your life. How cool. Patty, do you, do you ever do any journaling or do you keep any kind of a, a journal of any sort? Um, I do a training journal. Of course you I've do. Yeah. And I have gone back and thought, wow, you didn't get that. Oh no, you got it. Then gone. Wow. You still don't get that. Yeah. No, there's, it's a, a tumbling, but it's really very useful. Very, cool. very, very. You know, I don't do the doodles or anything, but I collect flowers and grasses oh, and neat. leaves from wherever I travel. Uh-huh. So you open up one of my journals, it's, things are going to fall mm-hmm. out of it. Channeling your inner um, Autobahn, are you? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's so a funny. reminder so- of where I've been. And, um, That's so cool. It, yeah, it. it I find that having nature in your journal is, I don't know, so balancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you, it, I, you are passionate about the type of journal you have, the physical yes. item. Uh, Absolutely. Is, is there a brand that you care for? Um, Hang on, I'll tell you what the brand is, because my brand new journal is right here. Look at that. Always within my fingertips. It is Art Trends, A-R-T-R-E-N-D-S, Imported Italian Cover Materials. Ooh. Amazon. There you go. And I just discovered that you can get um, bespoke ones on Etsy. So go out there and get yourself one. Treat yourself. Absolutely, it's a great oh. it's a great way to start the year. Is to just and you don't have to make yourself do it every day. I know I'm not that disciplined, but it's when the spirit moves me. I'm really glad to have that journal there. There you go. And uh, speaking of adventures, what's up next, Pit Tigger? Bits. We're gonna learn about snaffle bits. This is really important information, especially for the horses, because they will benefit a lot by a correctly fitted bit. And we're here with Beth Haste from The Horse, of course, who is a bit expert. And we wanted to have a, a discussion with Beth on snaffle bits and how to fit them and what to look for etc etc so welcome Beth to Healthy Critters thank you for having me it's always fun to have really knowledgeable people on to share their wisdom with our listeners because bits to me I I mean when I was a kid it was just whatever bit was available (laughs) that's right to put on the pony and ride but um, we've come a long way since then um, yes, we have. <laughs> so I, I really don't even know how far we've come along because I still think that bits are a big mystery. I I agree. So, I you know you hear lots of people talk about the palates of the horse's mouth. So, how uh, how do you go about assessing your horse's palate? 
I personally um, just put a little pressure on their bar and get them to open their mouth. And if you have a little courage, it's really not too bad. You can actually grab a hold of their tongue and pull on it. And then you can really see what's in there. But even if you don't want to do that, you just by putting pressure on the bar, they'll open their mouth. And most modern horses today all have a very flat palate. Okay. And the palate is the most sensitive part of the In terms of the, of the bit, though. Well, it is the most sensitive point of control on the horse's head. So anytime you invoke the palate as a point of control with a bit, it's, it's going to be stronger. So, okay. so if, if you're starting a three- or four-year-old, you obviously don't want a lot of pressure on the palate. I don't want any pressure really almost anywhere except maybe a little bit of bar pressure. And okay. Not, uh, and I want it to be an extremely quiet bit, and I want it to be very narrow. Oh. So the okay. days of the big, chunky, fat bits that we used to think was so nice to the horses, they weren't. Uh, not so. Okay. If you look at the modern horse today, he's got a flat palate. He's got narrow bars, and you can feel them underneath those two bony, um, these two bones uh, underneath his chin. And mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. the width of the bars, and that's about two and a half inches maximum. And then you've got a big fat tongue that barely fits in between the teeth, or doesn't. And a big fat top lip. Yeah. But inside the mouth is this little teeny tiny place that you're going to start shoving bits into. Mm-hmm. So the most comfortable bit is going to be something that fits in there comfortably without being too big. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I will tell you, I have for the longest time... I've like seen certain horses, especially young horses. Cause you know, Tigger, you know, we were raised in the era of like, you know, um, the bigger, the bit, the, the softer yeah. it is and the better it yeah. is. But the, I just had so many horses and Beth, you've taught me so much about understanding bits, but just like, you know, the, it didn't lay on the horse's tongue. Well, well, then you learn that the tongue is fatter than, you know, we thought it was. And just, they would kind of want to spit it out. And, um, you know, I've, um, I, I definitely, you know, obviously with the new bits and through Beth's knowledge has helped me go to obviously much more narrow bits when we long time ago just thought that were more severe and yep. hitting them in the palate or on the bars or, you know, whatever, um, being too strong. If, 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 you know, if, if, it, if it's time to, to look for a bit for your horse, what are you going to look for first? Is it the mouthpiece? or the cheek piece? I always look at the cheek piece first. And the reason for that is that when you start riding, it depends upon what discipline you're in. But if you let, let's say you ride dressage. And the minute we start wanting to train to ride dressage, the first thing we want to run out and do is go get a loose ring snap Because after all, every dressage rider rides in a loose ring snapple. 
But we forget that dressage doesn't really start until third level. So up until that time, a loose ring is going to be a very noisy bit to the horse. And when I say noisy, it's that rain is going to vibrate down to that horse's mouth continuously. And unless your horse is mature enough to be able to handle that, and you have quiet enough hands, it's really not a great idea. Most amateurs would probably be more successful if they took a quieter cheek piece like a fixed cheek, so an egg butt, a Mm D-ring, a bousher, uh, a full cheek, those are all way quieter, and it doesn't distract the horse as much from inadvertent information. The reason that a loose ring is a dressage bit is because dressage in itself, by the time you're getting to third and fourth level, is a college-level bit versus an elementary school bit. So now you have educated hands, and you want to be able to communicate with that horse. And things that you do are done on purpose. Even if you had educated hands, uh, your your experience, your trainer, you would still put a young horse in a fix. Okay. I would always put a young horse in a fixed. But also, do you know what else I'd put in a fixed? What? A super hot FEI horse. Yeah. In a balloon, in an egg butt, because that horse doesn't need any extra information. Right. You want to keep everything as quiet as possible. So let me ask you a question, Beth, because um, this is information that I have absolutely lived by since you've shared this with me before. And I, I am a huge fan. I love of that. The, well, I, I mean, I say it all the time. My bet, my friend Beth, the bit nugget says this, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, so I take tons of people, even just last week, I had a girl show up with a very nice South soft mouth, um, Lusitano. And I said, you know what? This is too much. Just go. You need to go to an, an egg butt. And I love the Nushula Transangle. That's like kind of one of my favorite. And I do the Bredouin. It and, is but most my of, absolute favorite. Okay. I didn't know that, that we were twinsies that way because I love that. It's <laughs> one of my favorite. I, I, I just, I love that bit. But um, so for me, you know, I have any, I've got young horses up through, you know, Grand Prix. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, I, I have, if I start something in, um, this egg butt that I, I happen to love, I keep them in it. I, I just, I, I don't like, I'm not really one to change unless I have a horse that has mouth issues or, you know, and I'm like playing around to see what they like better. But I just, I tend to stay even when they get beyond third level. In egg well, butt. I think so what, that, you know, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And if the horse has got a lovely soft mouth going forward, not leaning on the bit, why change anything? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. We so want to maybe add, but we don't want to. We don't want to change anything that's working well. So, in your experience, when you're you're fitting, 
you know, people down in Wellington and you have tons of people that come through. At what point do you start to see people go, all right, I'm going to go. Cause, cause one of my next favorite bits, I really like the Verbinden. Um, if I have a horse that starts to lean on the bit bit or, or push a little bit, which is a loose ring. And don't Beth, do they make that in a, that's the only um, cheek piece is, is loose ring with a Verbinden. Is that correct? No, actually they've oh. made a new bit. Uh, I wish they made it in an egg butt, which would really have made me happy. But they did make it in a D-ring. Okay. And I have found that for a horse, you know, an older horse maybe who's not quite quick enough behind, but is a good soul and just is maybe is a little hangy on the amateur. And then you put them in that uh, Verbinden uh, D-ring. Lightens mm-hmm. them up, but doesn't allow the um, rider to be too busy mm-hmm. and interfere. And it works out great. And for hunters, oh, my God, that bit of well, a miracle. Oh, that's, that's good to know because that's one of my – that's yeah. interesting. Yes, and you're absolutely right. You know, a, a horse who's a little heavy to the contact is just not strong enough behind you needs to get a little mm-hmm. quicker hind leg. And once they do that and they start moving that center of balance back, but let's face it, that takes a little bit. And sometimes you just have to give them a little bit of an idea of carrying themselves. Right. And I think that's what that Verbinden does really well. That's good to know that it comes in a D-ring. I wasn't aware of that. I know. I Hopefully they'll so do it. Excited, but- yeah, that would be that would be great for us. But I would rather do an amateur in a D ring than a loose ring. Yes, I agree. I would, I would, I would totally agree. So now we got another arrow in our quiver. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you're going to fit, um, like when you get when. You, so my next question would be: When do you see people? going to a loose ring like what what regardless if it's a trainer or whatever like what do you see um when will you when would you suggest going to a loose ring and or you know because that would be the cheek piece but like like if you let's say you know horses leaving fourth level third or fourth level and you know as a seven coming eight year old what would be you know you want the horse to take more balance behind you're starting to lean on the bed a little bit what would be your first recommendation as a good snaffle if somebody doesn't want to keep you know obviously keep a horse in the double all the time we have about three different little levels so the softest three-piece loose ring would be a team up and that doesn't put any pressure on the tongue, and it allows the horse to take the middle piece and put it anywhere on their tongue that it's comfortable. So they always have control of that centerpiece, and that in a loose ring is a really soft, lovely bit. And you can use that in the bradoon, or you could use that in the snaffle. And then you can always put them in a loose ring verbinden if you still find that you need them to be a little bit more up off that bit, and that still works. But by I'm thinking the time that you're starting hitting third level and you're into true collection, the horse, you have better hands and better communication. 
So now you can be a little bit more precise. You can activate things a little bit better with your hands and you just your fingers. Um, and you'll get a better response if you're in a loose ring and you've got control of your hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if the cheek piece is the first um, uh, thing that you want to look for or decide, what about the mouthpiece? Well, pretty much, if you want to choose whether you want to be in a fixed cheek or you want to be in a loose ring, then you decide what mouthpiece you want. I find that if you put the right size in the horse, and remember, if you're going to put a fixed cheek bit in a horse's mouth, you're going to put it in smaller than if you put in a loose ring. Okay. And that can be anywhere from three quarters, um, a half to three quarters bigger for the loose ring than the fixed cheek. Wow. Because you want that fixed cheek to be nice and snug. It's not going to pinch the corners of those fat lips. So you want it to be super stable in the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be better for the horse and the rider because it's not going to be slipping back and forth. If you think about a mental thing that the horse's inside of his mouth on the bars are two and a half inches. Now we've got a five inch bit. We've got two and a half extra inches of mouthpiece that we don't really need. Because, but, and it's going to slide back and mm-hmm. forth across the bars. So we don't want a, a nice soft three piece. And then it's sliding back and forth on the bars because it gets too wide irritating the horse and then you say oh my horse really doesn't like a three-piece well maybe it's just too wide and it needs to be more stable so that's another thing for the fixed cheek that makes that bit a lot more stable in the horse's mouth and believe it or not most horses take a four and three-quarter inch (laughs) fixed cheek bit wow Who's available, and I'm talking a 17 two hand warm blood. Yeah, you you had taught me that a long time ago, and it has stunned a lot of people. But I'll tell you, you get that you get the right bit, and it, it, it you get the right bit that's stable. It is a game changer because you get such a nicer connection to the horse's mouth. Yeah. And you, 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 you're not all over the place and you know, this thing is not sloppy. It's not sliding. It's just nice in there. And you say to the horse, look, especially a young horse, I just want you to accept the contact and go forward. That's all. And that's all we're going to do. And then they lightly move forward on these and mm-hmm. you're not confusing them. And I think that's the big thing is you don't want to confuse the horse. You want it to be very obvious what you want and what you don't want. Right. Now, how about, you know, how many joints are in the the mouthpiece? Well, you've got uh, so many choices in the three pieces today. Yeah. I, uh, I like the trans angle, which is the same 
mouthpiece as the Hermstringer Ultra. So it's a very nice bit. It puts uh, not a lot of pressure on the tongue, and it's very comfortable for the horse. The team-up from Neue Schule is just a little bit softer, and the Verbinden or the starter in Neue Schule is just a little bit stronger. But all three pieces, all very nice, all consistent, and all that are... 70% copper or better. What are some of the common mistakes um, riders make when choosing bits? I think that the loose ring, automatically to go to the loose ring, is a bit of a problem. I think the other thing is, is the size, the width of the bit, the length. Um that uh, they end up getting something that's too wide. Um, I, I, I think that uh, I think that those are the two um, this big uh, misnomers that people just don't get is sizing and um, and the reason why you pick a cheek piece. What it, what is the best and simplest way to to measure your horse's mouth? to get the correct size? Um, actually, put a bit in their mouth. Oh. And then when you look at the bit in their mouth, you don't want to look at it just hanging there. You actually have to pick up the reins and put it on contact. Okay. Because when you put it in the on position, mm-hmm. it's a little narrower up further in their mouth, in the on position. Mm -hmm. So then you'll see that you just want the horse's mouth to be just inside the hole that the ring goes through. And in a fixed cheek bit, you should just fit. So when you pull on the, the cheek piece, on either side to pull it in the hole, and it's not moving and it's just staying put. It's exactly what you want to see. You do not want to see a mouthpiece. Okay. Sticking out. You want mm-hmm. it to be in the horse's mouth. But you need to look at all bits, all snapple bits, in the on position, not in the off position. Gotcha. Well, this has been great information from Beth the Nugget, christened so by Patty, <laughs> the Nugget of Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want more information about bit fitting or having Beth come out and actually fit your horse or talk to her on the phone about what bits she would recommend, you can go to her website, thehorseofcourse.com. Um and contact her there and we really appreciate you coming on beth and hopefully more horses will be happier when the riders go to you and and actually get their horses fitted properly amen i'd love to do it and thank you so much for having me it's always fun Hello. Hetty. Hey, Hetty.
Hello. Hello, Happy New Year to everyone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> everyone have a Super. nice day. Well, we wanted to find out how your trip to Wellington went. Well, it was really long, you know. Um, so what happened was first there was an ice storm. So our departure was delayed by several hours. We were not able to leave at 3 a.m. as I was promised. So I got up for no reason. And then oh. I had to settle myself back down. Aye. And then I got up at 5. And I was told we were in fact going. So I was ready. My things were all packed, of course. I was perfectly organized. And so I was ready. And then... We all had our breakfast, and my new sisters, the stupid ones, they got drugs because they might be dumb in the car, and one of them gets sick in the car. And then we were all loaded into the truck by my human servant. And then, to be frank, I went back to sleep for several hours. And when I woke up, we were in a traffic jam in uh, Delaware, I believe the state is called. So then I was bored, and then I was bored, and then it was more traffic, and that was in a state known as Virginia. And then uh, it was raining really hard and it was late and we had been driving for 15 hours and it was raining so hard and I was bored and I'd had my dinner, of course, in the, in the truck. Um, and we'd been out many times, you know, every time we stop for gas, small dogs have to be released. And my one new sister walked on the leash and my other new sister rolled over on her back and refused to move. So that was, you know, a thing. Um, so then we were in South Carolina, which is also a state and it was raining, 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 raining so hard, so hard, so hard. And then the human servant was afflicted with a migraine because she is oh. feeble and weak and a shame to our family. And so we were not going to stop at all because of the new siblings, but we did have to stop because of the migraine. And so we stopped at a super eight motel. I cannot tell you where because that is top secret. <laughs> and, uh, so it was rainy, 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 rainy. And we were brought in through the back door of said hotel. And uh, we were all excellent. Even my new sisters were excellent. No one believed it would happen, but they were excellent. And then at five in the morning, well, no, it was four when the alarm went off, which I thought was just cheeky and rude. And then we were all piled back into the truck and we were driving, 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 then Georgia, driving, 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 many stops, driving, 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 human still sick, driving, 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 <laughs> Florida. Driving, 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 driving. Okeechobee Boulevard. <laughs> I know this name. Driving, 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 driving. Driveway. <laughs> Release freedom. Yes. And that was it. That was it. And I, I have to say, little shout out to my little sister. They have been so good ever since. I don't think it's just that the drugs haven't worn off because it's been several days now. I think my human likes to remind me that when I had been with her for several months and I was, you know, still fresh off the rescue boat, I was bundled into the car for a relatively short trip to Maryland. And everyone said my servant was, and I'm quoting here, bloody insane for taking me anywhere, particularly a hotel, because I was going to bark nonstop the whole time, you know, because that was what I did at that time. 
But in the hotel, my servant was right there and my sister was right there. And I just went to sleep and slept the whole night for the first time since I'd had a home. And I've been way more normal ever since, though you guys don't know it. (laughs) You sound more normal. I'm way more normal than I was then. You forgot to mention that we passed each other several times. I didn't know that, Tigger, I'm sure. Yes, you did. I yelled out, Penny! (laughs) You passed us, and then we passed you, and then you passed us, and then we were stuck behind you because the trailer is slow. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here safe and sound, and um, it's it's very quiet in the house without you, but I I look forward to it. Well, as soon as the servant doesn't have COVID, we're going to come visit. (laughs) Oh, good. But she has to be proven virus-free. And, you know, she is a grubber, so it's likely she was snuffling about in a virus patch. <laughs> well, I, I'm doing the same thing uh, for safekeeping. So when when we're out of our um, self-induced quarantine, we'll, we'll, we'll all get together. Yeah, we're going to come over and we're going to play slash steal your dog's toys and bark at you. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the old times. You're well, thanks, so Hetty. Sorry you invited us. Bye bye, everyone. Bye, Hetty. Bye. <laughs>
so that's something to keep in mind if you're thinking about adding them to your family and you have dogs, but if they, like I said, they're highly intelligent, so they're very easily trained. Um, they're a native to the Mediterranean islands of Sicily and Sardinia. They were bred to be small, although very tough. Um, they're docile, docile, very trainable, and they learn very quickly. And they're so eager to please again, which makes them the whole trainability part. You can do tons of different things with them, but they, they use them, you know, initially for doing a lot of hauling, um, or carrying, um, heavy things like firewood or something like that. Um, but, um, they are, they're a relatively hardy, um, you know, animal to have. Um, but you know, some, some things should be taken into consideration if you're going to add one to your family. Um, some of the characteristics about them is that they shouldn't measure more than 36 inches at the withers, which is not very tall. Um, they can weigh anywhere from like 250 to 450 pounds. They come in a bunch of different great colors like gray and brown sorrel, which is kind of like a reddish color, black or spotted. Um, they, the, the boys are called jacks and the females are called gentles. I think, I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it. Tigger, do you know gentles? I thought it was Jeanette. jennies. Yeah, je, well, they call them jennies, but they call them, I think it's jennets, J-E-N-N-E-T-S, but you can call them a jenny. Um, or they call them geldings, which I thought was kind of interesting, which a gelding would be, um, a, a not intact boy. Um, uh, so they, they have extremely good memories, which is also very good for, again, the training part of it. You can teach them to do different tricks. You can, you know, they can, they can un- almost be a little bit dog-like, um, when you spend a lot of time with them. Um, the requirements for them is like, if you have one donkey per acre of land, that's plenty of land for them. They do need to roam and have um, time to play. Um, They also will need a shelter to get out of the heat or the the elements. Um, They're pretty basic to take care of. Um, Their food is just kind of good grass or grain and hay. Um, Alfalfa, which is a kind of a heavier, dense um, hay is very rarely needed and also should be taken into consideration because one of the things that is not good for them is they founder, which is, um, which is also a common thing in horses. So you want to be careful about what you feed them. So more minimalistic is better. You do have to trim their feet, which I did not know. Did you know that Tigger? I didn't realize you had to trim their feet. I thought they were. Oh, I down. did know that. Okay. Did not know that. Um, they're, so because they're, they're extremely social and they need outlets to play. So getting just one donkey is probably not the smartest thing to do. You should probably get two. Excellent. <laughs> why have, yeah. Why, why just have one? Because they really do. They really do like to play. Now you can also put them out with horses or sheep or goats or whatever you have, but never have one alone because they really like, do like to play. So kind of a cool thing is, is because they, they really are great with kids because they really do seldom bite or kick, except for the fact that if you do have a predator come into the little herd, um, like a, like an out, like a coyote or a dog that doesn't belong there, that's the only time they're ever going to be kind of naughty. But other than that, they have a really low key, easy, um, personality to deal with. Um, which is kind of the next part of it, which I think is really cool, is that a lot of miniature donkeys do therapy work, which I think is so cool. Like they'll wow. bring them to, yeah, they'll bring them to, um, you know, um, 
nursing homes. Um, obviously, they probably keep them outside, but um, but they're great, like in classroom situations around other kids. Um, and um, you know, one of the things that I read is that you know when you compare them to horses, because obviously they're a hooved animal, even though there's there's um, they're different. Um, they they are a lot more forgiving than horses, which I thought was funny. Um, and they're always up for like silly a- antics and just have great sense of hu- senses of humor. So, I mean, they, 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 to me sound like they have a little bit of like a, a dog, like personality in the sense that they like to be funny. They like to be social, but they can really be taught to do tons of different things. They've also, you know, and you can teach them to pull a card or, you know, whatever, but they're just highly intelligent, fun, sounds like it is a great family pet, um, and even around, you know, kids, um, because they're great interact and they love having that bond and relationship with, with, um, families. But I think it sounds like a great pet and I don't know, Tigger, I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it because I've got just enough land to have two little donkeys out in my backyard with my dogs. What do you think, Tig? You want one? <laughs> Well, I I still want an alpaca or a llama, so yeah, and I wouldn't mind a miniature goat. So, yeah. <laughs> so I can get the donkey. But the only thing that you've got to think about is these guys can live up to forty years anywhere. Well, you, like you've got to get two. Remember, yeah, mm-hmm. you got to get two. And I will tell you from uh, friends that have had donkeys is that they they really form really big deep relationships with the other animals that are there and they really can, um, go through, um, you know, a morning, a real hard morning process. Um, when, um, if they, if one gets lost, you know, if one, one passes away or whatever. So, um, but they are, that is the one big thing to consider is that if you are going to get one at that's younger is that they, um, they stick around for a while, but there are a lot of rescues out there, um, where you can, um, get them that, you know, just for, for various different reasons. So I don't know. I think it's something to consider. <laughs> Peter's not happy, but I just think. It, well, it, they would go nicely with my alpaca herd. Yeah, oh, I think they would complement them beautifully. <laughs> so, Tigger, could you see putting one in your car and driving down with the dog? To, uh, no. <laughs> no. And no. Yeah, just a thought. Just yeah. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and the topic today is quercetin, the super bioflavonoid. I first became acquainted with quercetin in the late 1980s when several human supplement companies began to include quercetin in supplements. At that point, we didn't know as much as we do now about the powerful properties of quercetin. Quercetin is a potent flavonoid found in various foods. It has become a research hotspot particularly for its antioxidant activity. Flavonoids were discovered in 1936 when an American biologist was researching ways to treat scurvy. He won the Nobel Prize in Physiology in 1937 for his discoveries of ascorbic acid and the biological activity of flavonoids, which were referred to as vitamin P. Quercetin is found in various foods such as apples, onions, dark cherries, grapes, raspberries, citrus fruits, brassica vegetables, tea and tomatoes, as well as the medicinal botanicals, 
like the Japanese pagoda tree and Sambucus. What does quercetin do? Quercetin has strong anti-inflammatory capabilities, gastrointestinal cytoprotective activity, modulates the immune system, functions as an antioxidant, and supports the reduction of histamines. How does quercetin benefit the horse? Quercetin is an immune modulator, so very helpful for horses with allergies, Lyme disease, and EPM. Quercetin can reduce the histamine response, which is very important for horses with allergies. Quercetin has been shown to reduce lung inflammation, which can benefit horses with asthma. Quercetin can be beneficial for horses that need respiratory support during the hot weather and in periods of intense training or competition. Quercetin can provide gastrointestinal protection against oxidative stress and inflammation. Studies have shown that quercetin can be an important component for inflammatory bowel disease support. Quercetin is also effective in supporting gut microbiota diversity and acts as a prebiotic for gut dysbiosis. Quercetin's powerful antioxidant capabilities can reduce reactive oxygen species caused by environmental and toxicological factors. It can support the strengthening of the antioxidant defense systems in the body. Reduction of oxidative stress levels can help optimize sports performance and recovery. My renewed interest in quercetin came about when I read a thesis paper on the effects of quercetin on exercise potential and exercise-induced cytokines in the horse from Rutgers University. The conclusion of the study noted, quote, When dosed with quercetin, the horses were able to run significantly longer and took significantly less time to recover following exercise, end quote. The thesis also stated, quote, assuming that quercetin's method of action is to disrupt transcription of inflammation-inducing cytokine, it would avoid most, if not all, of the negative side effects associated with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug use, end quote. As I dug through research on quercetin's effects, a consistent issue of bioavailability was noted in the studies. I went through current equine supplements on the market that contain quercetin and wondered, how would the quercetin be effective? Research has shown very poor oral availability of quercetin glucoside, the form of quercetin found in most supplements. Quercetin glucoside has poor water solubility and low oral absorption in supplement form. Some estimations are that only 20% of quercetin supplementation reaches the blood. Quercetin is a lipophilic compound, therefore Dietary fat enhances its bioavailability. Quercetin, as consumed in whole food form, like eating an apple, has a higher bioavailability than supplemental quercetin glucoside. One apple supplies 13 milligrams of quercetin. To reach a minimum therapeutic level in horses requires 500 milligrams per 1,000-pound horse. That means consuming a lot of apples. A study published in 2018 
demonstrated the bioavailability of a novel form of quercetin called quercetin phytosome, developed by a company in England, in Italy. The study showed quercetin phytosome facilitated very high plasma levels of quercetin, up to 20 times more than usually obtained from quercetin glucoside. This demonstrates quercetin phytosome is the most bioavailable form of quercetin on the market. Quercetin phytosome derives the quercetin from the flower buds of the Japanese pagoda tree. This tree has thousands of years of use in humans and animals. Currently, there are several American human supplement companies that use this form of quercetin in their supplements. I have been unable to find any horse or dog supplements that provide quercetin phytosome. I think I know why. The cost of this patented raw material is significant. It is so expensive, I nearly had a heart attack during consultations with the company in Italy. But in the end, it made no sense to use a quercetin that wasn't highly bioavailable. The health benefits of quercetin for horses and dogs is too great to use a cheaper and less bioavailable version. We will be introducing quercetin phytosome in several new Biostar products in 2021. The first is Optimum Defense coming in January. We are working on a combination allergy and respiratory formula, which will have quercetin phytosome. Bioavailability isn't just a concept. It is an actual measurement of absorption that reaches systemic circulation. As a formulator, it is one of my most important evaluations of raw material. There can be no efficacy without bioavailability. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. I have taken over Coffee Glatch this time. You were in trouble. Bad thing. That'll teach you. That'll. Te- that's what happens when Tigger goes to Wellington, Florida, and she and her is, brain no longer works. She, she has been assailed by customers and clients, old and new, and uh, comes to comes comes time to record Healthy Critters Radio, and she is brain dead. Brain dead. So uh, Jen gets to Jen gets to be in charge of coffee class, and I got to thinking because the here in Florida, the emails are flying in fast and furious 
for all the various and sundry equestrian competitions of every description that we have down here um, for get your entries in now or volunteer now or come on over and be a spectator. Although that's limited this year because it's COVID. If you're listening to this in 2025, just type into your Google COVID. You'll understand what we're talking about. (laughs) So that got me to thinking. Um, If you're not a serious competitor, it is very easy to not go to equestrian competitions. Because like, well, I don't show. Why should I go? But I think there are reasons to go. So my quiz question today in Coffee Clatch for, I'm going to do Tigger and Patty. Tigger, mm-hmm. why would somebody want to go to a, comp- a riding competition, a dressage show, a jumper show, a endurance ride, a working equitation clinic, anything like that without their horse and go as a spectator. What are some things that you, one can learn as a spectator? Um, well, not during COVID, um, a lot. During COVID, not good so luck much. getting on the ground. We'll set that aside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there's so much to be learned from other disciplines. And, you know, Ian Miller had a very... Recently on Facebook, he had a very interesting article about um, really good horse people are always students for their entire life. And they're not only learning from other equine disciplines, but they're learning from golfers and basketball players and, you know, sports in general, skiers and uh, and, and it was really cool because he talked about, you know, the things that you can learn from watching a dressage horse, the way they warm up, to what you can learn by watching driving horses, what you can learn by watching eventers, show jumpers, um, every endurance riders. I, I mean, every discipline has gifts and um, knowledge to share with other disciplines. So that's why I think it's a good idea to go to horse events um, without your horse and just add to your knowledge. Interesting. I like it. Okay, Patty, you're up. Why would someone want to go or why should someone go to horse shows, horse competitions, horse clinics, horse demonstrations, and participate as a volunteer? What are some of the things that you think volunteers can have as take-homes and things that they can do because shows are constantly scrambling for volunteers. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, the first thing is with a volunteer, I mean, let's face it, these shows don't go on without volunteers and the people like the people that volunteer, I I, I have noticed through my life and my career, um, whether it's in Wellington or Virginia or, um, you know, or uh here in Texas is that it's always the same people. So they obviously, um, they're obviously hopefully getting something out of it, but you know, volunteers are the crux that why these things end up going. But, you know, when, when I think about like, for me, if I am going to go somewhere without a horse, like the, the nice part about it is you're not worrying about your horse. Like you're there, you're there to learn. You're there with your note, your, your notebook and your pen. And you're, you're just, there's so much information you can get. For me, listening to somebody else teach, even if it's just how to connect a horse to the outside range, 
hearing it a different way, the way it's placed in a sense, whatever. It's just, it's, it, it's just another way for me to either learn it for myself, which is I'm a constant student, always listening to videos or watching videos or, or, um, you know, thinking of different ways to get the same principle done um, on a different horse on a different day, because obviously horses are just always constant and changing as are people. But I think for me, I, I love, I love listening to other people teach, whether I'm in a sense where I um, would be a volunteer or if I would be there just listening um, at a clinic. Um, I take pages and pages of notes of, how something said or why it triggers something else, you know, listening to how somebody delivers the same, you know, Tigger, I know you've done this too. Like you can sit and listen to somebody give kind of the same lesson. Let's say it's a, a five-year-old horse really teaching the horse to start to understand collection, the inside, like the outside rein and how somebody can explain why, you know, being on a circle with the shoulders placed in the right way all of these things, you know, that we know, we know in theory how to do it. And we've done it, you know, and some days more successful than others. Um, but just listening to somebody else describe their, their, their understanding of how to get that done um, is so helpful to me as a rider and a competitor, but really as a teacher to how to relay, um, it, you know, the same information, but hearing it through different words. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that makes Interesting. Um, I like how, how you? You, you, you brought up taking notes. I think a lot of us have got fallen out of the taking note habit or for a lot of people, they don't take notes at all because they live in an electronic age where you don't have a piece of paper and you don't write stuff down, but uh, taking notes. And, and if you're, if you're a whiz bang user of your smartphone, a really handy way to do that is, you, most phones have an internal recording app, or if you don't have one in your phone, mm -hmm. just download one. And you can mm -hmm. record those little snippets if you're not one for writing things down. But that's a really, mm -hmm. really handy thing to have. And, and auditing clinics, oh my gosh, the amount of stuff you can learn, auditing clinics or standing at the, my favorite place to volunteer, my absolute favorite place to volunteer is in the warm-up arena. I loved yep. being yeah. the the warm yep. arena steward because you just get to stand there and suck it all up because you get the good, the bad, and the ugly in the warm up arena. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Cool. I'm I, going to put a link to the article that Tigger mentioned. It was on horseport.com. Ian Miller on how to always be a successful student. I will pop a link into the oh, show notes. Great to that one Super. so all you, yeah all you have to do is go over to horses and horse horses in the morning wrong show horse radio network.com look for healthy critters radio episode number 125 or you can go on over to biostar uh in your website is again tigger biostarus.com and there is a page on the website for the podcast and the links that you need will be there as well so cool great coffee clutch ladies Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. 
As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 